Our Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16 through to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has, given, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's great um, to see you at this 9.30 service. My name is Natalie, um, and I'm a trainee vicar at HTC, um, and we call that an ordinand, but churchy words aren't always helpful, so we'll say trainee. Um, so here we are in week three of our sermon series, Go, on the Great Commission. These words written at the end of Matthew's Gospel. The last couple of weeks, Tim and Ed have been walking us through what these other verses mean. And they have helped us to see how Jesus' calling to us is to be disciple makers. Disciples and then disciple makers. How we are part of his story and his mission. And today we have this final piece of the jigsaw, if you like. Jesus' final words, with you always. Three words, only three. And yet they show us a glimpse into the heart of God, into his incredible love for each of us. And they offer an invitation into the greatest adventure. Last words are lasting words. I am with you always. Well, this um, week I was chatting with an author in our congregation. And I asked her, what makes a good story? What makes a good story? And she told me this, the best stories come full circle. The final image is always a mirror of the opening image. Yet everything has been transformed. The start of Matthew's gospel is filled with this genealogy of Jesus. We have this information about 14 of his descendants beginning with Abraham. God told Abraham that his descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky and nations will be blessed through him. It shows that God is faithful throughout history, that if he pledged himself to you, then he is not letting you go. Last summer, we did a whole um, sermon series on um, the story of um, the Old Testament um, heroes, really, if you like, in Hebrews. So head back on our YouTube and you can learn all about Abraham. But then at the end of this gospel, Matthew's gospel, this morning, we see it's not just Abraham's descendants who received this promise, but because of Jesus, each of us can become God's children and God's heirs. We have received salvation and that is good news. See that full circle? And so Matthew got it right. He told a great story. He told us and shows us that an eternal promise that we are part, a part of, 
Jesus is no longer just the end of a genealogy line, but a presence in the world, in every day of our lives until the end of the age. And so today's scripture is all about asking, well, how then? How is Jesus with us always? And why is he with us always? What does this tell us about the character and nature of God? What does that mean when it comes to evangelism and sharing our faith? So let's dive in and see what God has to say to us this morning. Let me just pray. Father, thank you that you teach us um, your words, that you say you are with us always. Jesus, show us how you do that. Show us why you do that. Lord, we want to be changed. We want to be transformed, to be sent out into this world. God, speak to each life here this morning. Amen. Amen. So let's just briefly refer back to um, a little bit earlier, verses 18 and 19 in the um, scripture that we've got open in our Bibles. In verse 19, Jesus said to the disciples, go, go and make more disciples. The word disciple in Greek translates as student, learner, someone following the ways of Jesus, someone training in the ways of Jesus. Jesus spent three years with his disciples, and this is Jesus, so it's obviously not a quick process. But if we have chosen today to put our faith in Jesus Christ, then you are a disciple. You might be here today for the first time and you might be thinking, what is going on? What does this mean for me? But a disciple, being a disciple is born out of love. The love God has for you, he calls you to follow him because he has the absolute best for you. Our response is to worship him and to witness to him in the world. And so when we are disciples, we are then called to go. We are called to go. And what this actually is, is an offer of an invitation to tell others what life might look like if God loves you unconditionally. That's what it means to share our faith. That's what it means to say, this is who God is. To share the extraordinary love of God in our ordinary, everyday ways. I recently heard about one of our youth leaders, Bonnie, who uh, went along to touch rugby, one of our hubs, for the first time. And she told me that um, because she was going, some of um, our young people from our youth groups were going too. And I was like, Bonnie, that's so cool that um, you're going, so they're going. And then she was like, yeah. And then the day after she went, she was like, and then the young people also invited someone too. And I was like, isn't that amazing? It's this gathering of people who love sport, but yet there's this passing on, this ordinary place where God's love can be shared. And so we come to that question, well, how is this all happening? Is it happening because Bonnie is a great youth leader? Well, yeah, she is. She's totally fabulous and awesome. But it's also because of these words that Jesus speaks in Matthew's gospel. I am with you always. This promise that Jesus is with us. This promise that Jesus is with Bonnie. Bonnie and her young people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And God is using them to bring others to know him. That ordinary way of touch rugby to share his love. When Jesus says, I am with you always. The way this is going to happen is that we are being given the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
after Jesus had spent time with the disciples after his resurrection. He ascended into heaven. And so the disciples find themselves alone again, just like after he died. And in their doubt, they would surely have asked, well, how is he going to be with us always then? He promised that he would, but how? Yet he had told them to wait in Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know what you think of when you hear the name Holy Spirit. It's something maybe we can feel unsure about, unfamiliar. We may use the word Jesus, we may use the name God, but who then is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person that we can know, a person who is alive. It's not that the Holy Spirit didn't exist before this moment either. We can read in Genesis about the Spirit hovering over the waters. The Spirit in the Old Testament is given to particular people for particular times. But then this scripture, Jesus, see that full story thing, full story analogy, coming full circle. Jesus transformed everything because he is saying the Holy Spirit is for all of us. People are filled when the Holy Spirit descends. So we also need to look at John's gospel to really understand who the Holy Spirit is. Matthew talks about Jesus with us, but it's John's gospel who gives us um, a little picture um, and uses this word paraclete to talk about the Spirit. We're gonna do some Greek this morning, I'm sorry. It's only 10 o'clock. Um, so when John writes of the Holy Spirit, he is talking of Jesus promising not, um, not one, but another. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. John 14, 16. And there are two Greek words for another. One is alos and another is heteros. And in this instance, alos is the one he uses, which means another of the same kind as opposed to another of a different kind. So can you see that Jesus isn't promising us someone who is different, who is who is someone who, who he doesn't know. He's promising another of him, of the same kind. Someone who loves and cares for his people just like he does. So this is why we can be sure that when Jesus says, I am with you, he truly means it. It might not be in this physical sense of when we see and imagine Jesus as a, a person on earth, but he is with us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is another of the same kind. The Holy Spirit brings new attitudes, new ideas, our creativity. He uses us when we feel weak. He brings freedom. He convicts. He is the gift giver, the counsellor. He gives us the peace that passes understanding. Notes are stuck together. And so Jesus is saying in this commission, in this moment in time, I am going to remain with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to enable you to share him with others, to tell of the good news of God's kingdom. Encountering and being filled with the Holy Spirit means that each of us too are given his presence as a gift to help to empower us wherever we are positioned, at work, at school, on the playground, 
Wherever we go from here, he can use us. Just like he is using Bonnie to share her faith and her young people at Touch Rugby. So where has he positioned you this morning? Where is the Holy Spirit longing to use you? You might be thinking, Natalie, what has God called me to do? I'm not even worthy to be at church, let alone to go out and talk about Jesus. I don't even know how to start. Well, everything starts with prayer. As we pray, the Spirit helps us to see who and what is in front of us. The Spirit helps us to see who we are and what needs to change in our hearts. Jesus, as he said, is giving another helper, just like him, to help us do these exact things. He grows our desires. The Spirit grows our desires for those who don't know Jesus in our lives. These opportunities, these tiny opportunities to share him will come if we pray. And so how is Jesus going to be with us always? Well, as we partner with the Holy Spirit, as we join in, as we spot God's initiative already going ahead, he will help us. We are never alone in this task to share his love with those around us. I have a friend called Floor who owns a craft company and a carpentry business. And she has been uh, struggling a lot post-pandemic. Um, and she had a huge payment to make and was wondering where this next order would come from. The um, very next day, she received a message from a woman out of the blue asking for um, a bed to be made. Floor was so surprised that this had happened because normally her orders are local. Um, and when she spoke to the woman, the woman explained that she didn't know why, but she had cancelled her previous order and found Floor on her small little website online and asked for it to be made especially by her. When Floor just asked, how did you even find me? How did you even find me? The woman replied laughing, well, maybe it was God that told me to, and I don't even really believe, believe in God. I don't really believe there is even a God. And Floor said, well, I do. Would you like to know him? The woman's response was maybe, maybe I should. Just that little passing comment led Floor into um, this opportunity to talk about her saviour. And so until this design was ready, Floor was able to weave into um, this, these conversations stories about God doing great things in her life. This lady, as far as I'm aware, doesn't know Jesus yet, but she does have someone speaking, the Holy Spirit using Floor to um, share his love. And it was also one of the biggest incomes that she has received. And so can you see, can you see how the Holy Spirit, the helper, is transforming people's lives, promising to be with us, giving us experiences to share his love, and then also blessing us too. The extraordinary love of God in such ordinary ways. How can you notice where God is putting you this week? Just hearing those conversations happening around you. Jesus says, I am with you always. And so our second question into these words of Jesus is, well, why? Why is he even saying, I am with you always? Why is he promising that he is still going to be with us on earth by his Holy Spirit? 
Well, because why would a loving God let us go alone in our mission? Why? Why would he let us go us alone? Well, if you've ever um, helped a child to learn to ride their bike, I definitely haven't. I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of people here who have got fond memories, maybe (laughs) terrible memories of that. Uh, This may resonate. I'll be right behind you, I'm sure you've said. I'll be right behind you. You're not letting them go, hopefully. You know how to do it, but they don't, so you're there. I'll be right behind you. Sometimes they get it wrong, they fall off, but you don't then just have one practice, do you? You don't think, oh, I'll stay at home today, put the kettle on, let them go out. No, you get take them out again and again and again because you love them, because you want to protect them. And they're learning. Remember what a disciple is? It's a learner of Jesus. And so not to criticize anyone's skills at teaching their children how to ride a bike, but God's command through Jesus and the Spirit to be with us always, it's even better than the best parent, the best carer who teaches their children to ride a bike. Because at some point, they will ride on their own. You will have done what you need them to do. But our God, he knows how much we will continue to need him. Because sharing our faith and talking about Jesus is always something we have to learn. He knows that we have to keep close to him. He isn't letting us go it alone. He is with you always. And because he is a loving God who has trusted us with his mission, it's a co-mission. See that word? So simple, a co-mission. We have been given a role to go, but it's not an isolating role. It's not a lonely role. He is with us and he wants us to join in with him. There might be times when it does feel lonely, when we do feel fearful. But it doesn't have to be lonely. It doesn't have to feel like, where are you, Jesus? Because his Holy Spirit wants to be with us. He wants to fill us. I was sat having dinner with a friend who uh, does not believe in God the other night. She's kind of like my person of peace, if you like, who is very open to conversations. Um, but it's very much like, that's for you, Natalie, and I'm going to live my life over here. And so instead of approaching these times with joy and with gladness that I get to have these conversations, I actually feel really fearful. I forget to listen to the Spirit. I forget to even acknowledge um, him before I meet her, before I spend time with her. And yet Jesus has promised to be with us It's because this kind of conversation would go nowhere if I didn't rely or trust on him. Every now and again, she will say to me, I've been thinking about what you said, or can you just tell me what you said again about that? And I'm like, what did I say? What did I say? And you know, that is the beautiful work of the Spirit because it's nothing to do with me. He uses me, yes, but it's not not my my words, because I'm scared, because I'm fearful. We just need this tiniest bit of faith that he is with us and he will use us. His saving grace and his power can extend through you to those you are interacting with. It may feel a little or very hopeless at times. I've been having these chats with this friend for years and I've got nowhere, but... 
I, I trust, I trust that Jesus' promise of his Holy Spirit is that he continues to work and he hasn't got distracted. He hasn't forgotten about me in my tiny mission to work with him. He says, to the very end of the age, I'm gonna be there with you. And in fact, the answer to prayer actually in this situation maybe isn't that she knows Jesus yet, but it is really funny because he keeps putting people around her who do know him. <laughs> and she'll be like, I know lots of Christians, don't I, Natalie? And I'm like, yep, yep, you do. And so he works in mysterious ways, but we can trust him. Our evangelism then isn't based on just our own efforts, but it is the work and mission of the God who is alive and active in the world. In the first chapter of Galatians, uh, a book further on in, um, in Scripture, past Matthew, we hear that Paul writes to the church about how they have deserted the gospel. They have not sought the Spirit. They have forgotten what they have called, what they've been called to do. Can you imagine Paul writing this? You have deserted the gospel. Maybe it was fear that took over them. Maybe it was fear that stopped them from being the disciple makers. Let's not be like the Galatians. Let's not let fear take over. We need to ask the Holy Spirit that we will not have fear when we talk about what God has done. Well, in just under two months, I'll um, be getting ordained, which is very exciting, very scary, all rolled into one. Um, and I'll get this kind of new title as a curate, which is, um, is brilliant. But you know what? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And ultimately, I want to be a disciple. That's the identity that God has given me. That's what Jesus has called me to first and foremost, to be a disciple. And so it doesn't matter who um, we might be when we leave here or what our title is, whether we're a top banker in the city or we just, we, whatever we might do, our identity is a disciple of Jesus. And that means we can ask him to fill us with his spirit. That means he is already filling us with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You might think you are excluded because of something, but you're not. That's not the way God works. If we have put our faith in him, he is trusting us with his mission. A um, Scottish missionary in, um, who, who was sent to Nigeria in the 19th century is someone whose story really inspires me. Um, and you can come and speak to me about her more if you want after, but she just says these words, which always, always stick with me when it comes to evangelism. She says, Lord, the task is impossible for me, but not for thee. Lead the way and I will follow. Well, we may not be in the depths of Africa, but this task can still feel impossible for us in Clapham in 2023. It can feel impossible to go and talk about Jesus. It can feel impossible to even begin a conversation. But that task is not impossible for the Holy Spirit. His promise, his presence. Jesus is saying, you have another like me with you. Surely you will lead the way, Lord, and we will follow.
whatever feels impossible for you right now is possible with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so Matthew knew how to end a good story, didn't he? He knew what words to say, what words to write that we would be wow about today. But as we have heard, the fact that we are living and breathing, that we want to know more of God today, means that story hasn't actually ended. Jesus is promising us more than just a happy ending. He is promising us um, redemption and wholeness, completeness to the world's history and our own personal history. With you always means that we have the Holy Spirit who is alive and working right now through you and through me. Wherever he has placed you, he has called you to share his love. He is saying this great commission isn't just for then, but it's for right now. So will you be commissioned this morning? Will you be filled with the Holy Spirit to be sent? Will you be filled afresh to go out here into Clapham, into your um, families, among your friends? It will mean different things for each of us to be commissioned. It might mean inviting someone to Alpha. It might mean inviting them to Coronation Sunday. It might just mean saying, I'm praying for you about something. Maybe it's about telling your story or just a part of your story of how you've come to know God. Whatever it might be, may you be encouraged this morning that Jesus is with you. And he's with you how? By his spirit, so that you can join in with God's mission.